RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Livestream. Thank you very much. As you roll in, do me a favor, hit that plus sign, hit the thumbs up, whatever it might be, indicate that you like the show. This past week, I was able to make the Rumble leaderboard. But only on the day that I ask people to hit that plus sign. Help me out. I really appreciate it. Just make that part of your uh, daily ritual when you get into the show. Tonight, you guys, I am very pleased to announce on this special pre-Christmas episode, good friend of the program, author Susan Boosin is going to be here. Susan is an award-winning, best-selling author. She's written 11 books. They've been translated into a number of different languages. She also happens to be an investigative health coach, and she's an international speaker. Susan is a former environmental biologist. She was a research scientist, and she had some health challenges, and I'm pretty sure it has to do with the topic of conversation tonight. She's the author of a book specifically called Tormented by Technology, The Silent Health Effects of Wireless Electromagnetic Radiation. We're going to be talking about that, and I'm certain we'll get into a whole host of other subjects. So do me a favor. If you haven't hit that like, hit the like, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. Susan and I will be right back after this. All right. Welcome back to the program, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, Miss Susan Boosin. Susan, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Zach. How are you? Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. I'm just making sure I got the rumble chat on screen and there we go. So first of all, let me say very Merry Christmas. Uh, So happy that we can do this uh, right before Christmas 2022. Um, I want to tell a little story real quick before we get into this. Uh, I was wishing a a number of people Merry Christmas on Truth Social before we began tonight. And somebody, I'm not going to call them out, but you can see it on Truth Social. They said, tell me what's so merry about this Christmas. And, you know, here's here's my take on it, guys. You know, like like the the one thing the deep state can't take from me is uh, is my faith. Uh, my optimism and my love, you know, and I mean, hard times make hard men. And so whatever we're going through here right now, never forget the things that you have been blessed with. Never forget the things that you ought to be giving thanks for and and the things that you should be grateful for. Uh, I know that things are, are difficult right now, but this is not like the our last day on earth, right? You know, I mean, like we've got plenty of fight left in us. And I truly do believe that we're going to be successful in the end. Now, Susan, once again, thank you for being here. And the topic of conversation tonight, the dangers of electromagnetic radiation. We met because I actually mentioned this on another show and you reached out to me and told me about your work. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. We need to get you on the show. Um, You know what I found in my own research of this topic is that generally speaking, the people who are most knowledgeable about it and who who are, you know, kind of advocates for what you can do uh, to alleviate this stuff 
is people who are victims of it themselves. Is that the 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 case in your case? Absolutely. It, it definitely is the case because we, we feel the radiation, you know, it affects our health and it affects it drastically in most cases. So it's instantaneous and we're uh, kind of forced out of society to a large extent. Yeah. It's really yeah. crazy. So you know, I, I remember when I was uh, much younger, you know, I think there was, there was a, a report about this phenomenon on 60 minutes and, uh, or it was some other nightly news program. It was that many years ago that we were watching like, you know, <laughs> nightly television at the house. But uh, I remember, you know, just the, the the report. And at the time, it was something that was not very well known. I mean, it wasn't widely publicized. And, you know, frankly, the people that they were interviewing, they almost made them out to be crackpots. I mean, like, you know, how, how dare someone come forward and say that there's a, a sickness that they're developing that's caused by something you can't see which is just one of the most ignorant things I can possibly imagine. I, I mean, yes. every sickness throughout history generally is caused by something that you can't necessarily tangibly quantify immediately. That's part of the mystery of science and medicine. You know, they have to figure these things out. And I, I you know, I, I think that it's a, it's perhaps a little ironic that it has taken a medical science uh, this long to really start to recognize this as a legitimate health concern. Yes, absolutely. And not everyone recognizes it. And there's a reason for that, too, because they suppress it. You know, they don't want people to know that it's causing health problems because, quite frankly, you know, they make $20 billion a year on on uh, cell phones and that sort of thing and profit alone. So, you know, they don't really want people to know that they're harming them. No, no, <clears throat> it's it, it's it's pretty it's pretty similar to, I guess, just about every industry that you can imagine that has uh, overwhelming health detriments, uh, but, you know, is also very, very profitable. You made a reference mm -hmm. on your website uh, to this particular health concern being the uh, tobacco industry of the 21st century. And, and I can I can totally see that, you know, I mean, go back to the mid 20th century and you look at the people who were trying to raise awareness about the dangers of smoking and, you know, cancer and all these other things that come along with it. And, uh, you know, rather than actually addressing those things, the advertising companies and the tobacco companies, they pumped millions and millions and millions of dollars into disinformation campaigns uh, figure. And, <laughs> so that people would want to smoke more or, you know, they, they soft pedal it and, uh, and, and, you know, create light cigarettes or, you know, these are special filters that make it less deadly or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I haven't I haven't actually seen that necessarily with the electromagnetic radiation. Like I haven't seen any uh, attempts to make it seem like they've done anything to address it. It's kind of just, you know, there's studies you, you definitely ha have heard. I mean, for decades, I've heard about studies of cell phones causing brain tumors or, you know, a, a number of different things. Um, but they really have just kind of ignored this one, haven't they? Yes, they certainly have. They've completely ignored it. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's the way it is now. We're finding more and more that the industries that we expect are going to be looking out for our best interest and protecting our health are truly not. They're looking yeah. at profits over people's health. So tell us about your, your, your own experience. I mean, uh, how, how did this come up and what did you notice? Okay, do you want the long story? Because I can kind of give you my whole background and my red pilling and everything. I, or I, I can absolutely, 
I absolutely okay. want the whole thing. We got two hours, so you you, you get right into it. <laughs> All right, that's great. So I um I got a degree in environmental biology, and mm-hmm. I worked uh, as a research scientist in a U.S. government research center uh, as a toxicologist initially, and I was working on uh, basically coming up with uh, determining the lethal concentrations for anesthetics. And then I worked in mycology, which is, uh, I was was doing research on aquatic fungicides. So a lot of that was revolving around birth defects and toxicity. And then I went into private, the private sector and I worked in research and development. I was a formulation scientist doing formulation work on aerosol technology. I actually developed a bunch of insect repellents um, working for three major companies in both uh, as a senior research scientist and in like corporate quality and research and development. So I had a really strong scientific background, hardcore scientist. I fully believed in the medical model. I would run to the doctor every time something was wrong and I ex- you know, expected my doctor to figure it out and to heal me. Didn't take any responsibility for my own health really. I really saw doctors like they were gods almost. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, in 1992, I was diagnosed with lupus. You know, and the prognosis isn't real good with that. Right. Back then, they said like maximum lifespan would be 15 years. I had just had a baby. I was, you know, thinking, no, this is not going to be my destiny here. I also developed liver tumors. Mm-hmm. So I really started thinking outside the box, like, you know, looking at alternatives, looking at detoxing, looking at ways to support the liver. Sure. Well, much to my surprise, I healed. I mean, I no longer have lupus. I no longer have liver tumors that I know of. Wow. Um, But the thing that was really crazy was that my doctor himself called me when I went, I was going for MRIs like every five or six weeks to check the liver, to look at the tumors or cysts or lesions. And every time there would be another shadow or something and I'd have to go back. Well, when I started doing all of this detox, it was right after I had had one of the MRIs. Mm-hmm. So everything looked worse in that MRI. So in a five-week period, I was doing all these homeopathics and herbs and supplements. <clears throat> I went back for the next MRI. The doctor himself calls me and he says, my liver's unremarkable. And I'm like, Whoa, what, do you, what do you mean? What does that mean? And he said, there's nothing on it. It's completely clear. And I said, there's no tumor or anything. And he said, no, it's it's not there. And I was so excited. You know, I'm sure my jaw probably dropped and I just started rambling off what I was doing. I said, I'm so excited. I said, I was doing all this detox and cleansing and everything. And he said, well, you can believe whatever you want, but that had nothing to do with it. And I said, <laughs> those are his exact words. I can hear them. Not the first time I've heard a doctor do that either. <laughs> I could not believe it. I said, I, I'm sure I, the phone went blank for a few seconds and I'm like, <laughs> scientist to a a scientist you don't want to know what I did you know maybe what I did could help some of your other patients and he said that had nothing to do with it and then I when I hung up I was shaking I said how can he say it had nothing to do with it in five weeks everything cleared up how can he make that assumption you know and make that statement so boldly so really what he did was he ignited a fire in me And I was so driven to figure out why did I heal? How could those tumors and everything be gone in just a matter of a few weeks? So anyway, that really, it was really the biggest blessing probably that could have ever happened to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. So I started just digging in deeper, researching homeopathy, taking every course I could find on energy medicine and holistic perspectives and everything. And then I started using what I was learning to help other people. 
Mm. So I actually started in 1999. I started a business doing what I call investigative health coaching, helping people and animals to figure out what is it in their diet or their environment that's causing them health issues. So sure. In 99, I started doing this sensitivity testing where I was looking at different foods and environmentals just to see what was kind of throwing people's bodies out of whack. And I noticed this trend that people were, sorry, my dog, I have to keep throwing her treats. <laughs> people were coming up sensitive to corn and soy. So many and animals were also testing bad with corn and soy. And I couldn't figure out why, because everyone always said, you know, if they have a, a food allergy or something, it's usually wheat or it's uh, dairy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was seeing corn and soy, corn and soy, and no one knew why. Well, then I found out that in 96, they authorized the use of genetically engineered yes. food products. And there were about eight of them that were approved initially and corn and soy were two of them. Mm -hmm. So then I started studying GMOs or genetically modified organisms. And I connected with Jeffrey Smith, who in my opinion is a world leader on GMO research. And he, um, I did some training and did some speak that I did speaking gigs, uh, kind of in the GMO circuit. And I was fighting to get them banned and then fighting to get them labeled when I realized we were never going to succeed in getting them banned. Mm -hmm. Well, another red pill moment came about. I organized a bus load of people to go from Chicago to Washington, D.C. to a hearing of, on labeling GMOs. Well, we drove all night in a snowstorm. We get there about 4.35 in the morning. And we found out that Monsanto had paid a bunch of homeless people to stand in line all night. So when they opened the doors and they started filling up the hearing, there was no room for us. Wow. Like they knew exactly how many people they needed in the room. So when they opened the floor up to comments and feedback and people that had anything to complain about or speak up about with, you know, why GMOs need to be labeled or if they're dangerous, there was nobody there to wow. raise so that was like, oh, my gosh, so the sleazy. food industry also doesn't care about our health or, mm -mm. you know, even uh, want to let us label these things, you know. So that was just another eye opener for me. But then after that, someone very dear to me was in a motorcycle accident and I spent 27 days in ICU with him while he was in a coma, kind of advocating for him and everything. And um, I was intrigued by what medicine was able to do to keep him alive and just how close to death. And at times he actually, you know, crossed over a few times back and yeah. forth, but I was so intrigued that I realized that nothing that I was doing at that point, when I had turned against medicine, you know, doing herbs and homeopathics and supplements and that sort of thing, I realized none of that was going to help him in this condition. So then sure. I was really kind of intrigued with medicine. And I said, well, I need to go kind of a deeper dive back into the medical field and see what, you know, what do I need to learn here? So I went and took some courses and I became a medical assistant. So then I worked eight years for a cardiologist. Um, but I did, I gained a really deep, a deep understanding, I think of the mindset in medicine and, and the medical model. So mm -hmm. I confirmed a lot of things that I believed before. And then it was right before COVID, actually, when I left the medical field. And it was right before the mandates. But we were switching hospitals and that. And I know the hospital that uh, they were going to was going to require vaccines. So I just knew I needed to get out. And in this, during that period of time, I had gotten a notice on my door one day when I came home from work. Um, from my electric company saying like, congratulations, we've installed this smart meter on your oh. home. This was back in 2015. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's been quite a while, but I started having all kinds of health issues after that, but I didn't make the connection right away. 
And really the, the first thing that I had was um, insomnia. I couldn't sleep at all. Like I'd go to sleep and I'd wake up 10 minutes later and I'd look at the clock and say, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I have to get up in two hours. You know, it was that sort of thing. Yeah. But I probably averaged about two hours of sleep a night for almost a year. So then everything else was falling apart. I went through this whole big downward spiral, spiral of health. I had um, heart palpitations and I had a fever for six weeks that no one could explain. Super high resting pulse rate. I'd get pressure and tingling in my head and it felt like my brain was floating. It was just really mm. odd. I had pressure behind my eyes. My face would burn. Um, I had shortness of breath. I had hair loss, dizziness, vertigo, um, heart palpitations, skin rashes that I'd get a rash for something that I was exposed to. And I have it for three or six months. It would just keep wow. spreading everywhere. It was horrible. And I had fatigue. I, I had really bad forgetfulness mm -hmm. and um, just confusion and brain fog all the time. And then I developed anomia where I couldn't get words out my out of my mouth. So I'd be speaking, I'd stop mid sentence and I had no idea how to get the rest of the sentence out. Or sometimes I wouldn't remember what I was saying, but that was happening all the time. And it was getting really hard at work because I felt, I felt like I was almost becoming incompetent, you know, sure. I developed nosebleeds and headaches and, um, twitching I developed twitching all over like I'd have this little symphony going on in my body where I'd be twitching here and twitching here and I mean everything was twitching all over so that was so crazy I developed uh fluctuations in my thyroid function so sometimes mm. it was super high sometimes it was super low I developed a lymphatic tumor and then I got tremors in my hands where they would just start shaking and they wouldn't stop then after that, I developed seizures, which I never had any of this prior to the smart meter being installed on my house. But I didn't really make the connection because it was progressive. It took about two years for all sure. of this to happen. But in the end, I spent four months in bed with no drive to do anything. I couldn't eat. I lived on organic applesauce. I couldn't eat anything else. Um, just really was kind of resigning myself that this could be the end. You know, there was... There, I couldn't figure it out. And I, I was in this state of prayerful meditation and just saying, you know, I've taken everything that's gone wrong in my life and I've tried to figure it out and do my best to then help other people with what I've learned about it and educate people and, you know, become a spokesperson for the, this topic at hand. And I'm, I was just like praying and saying, I, there's nothing I can do about this. I can't fix it. I'm just going to end up dying after two years of suffering with this and never be able to figure it out or never be able to use it to do anything about it. And at, the, at that very moment, clear as day, I heard, it's your smart meter. So where that came from, some sort of divine intervention. Yeah. I had no idea that it that these things could be caused by a smart meter. I literally climbed down the stairs and got on the computer and I looked at, I looked up um, symptoms that people experience from smart meters. And I had 15 of the eight things, 18 things that came up. Wow. So I was really astounded by that. So, you know, I did a lot more research online and then I realized that, you know, I started doing like turning my cell phone off once in a while, but I thought I was really doing all I needed to do, but I really wasn't. And I realized I had to start buying some meters and devices and, you know, really figure it out. So I did that. I bought a bunch of meters and uh, studied how to use everything. I, I have a, a body voltage meter and mm -hmm. your body voltage should be around zero, a little bit over zero. 
and mine was 15.38, I believe. So it was, you know, like a doorbell is a 12 volt, you know, operates on 12 volt. Why was my body was giving off 15 volts. So, I mean, it was just scary. I just couldn't believe what I was finding out. You know, I found some research by the U.S. Um, Naval Medical Research Institute that they put out 1971 and 72, where they published 2,200 studies on the effects of uh, radiofrequency radiation. Mm-hmm. So um, through this process of measuring everything and reducing everything and hardwiring things, you know, and then starting to regain my health, I was able to definitively say that the radiation is what, you know, was causing the problem. So, so, so um, what, what type of frequency specifically does a smart meter emit and, uh, and, and, and what was known about them before they started being installed widespread? I think they knew a lot about them before they installed them. But what they tell people is that it only transmits for about two to five minutes a day. That's Mm -hmm. it. So it's no big deal. It's like making a quick phone call. But what they don't tell you, it is pulsed radio frequency radiation. So let me just back up for in the case of EMFs, there are four types of EMFs. Basically, there's electric fields, there's magnetic fields, there's radio frequency radiation, And there's dirty electricity. Those are the four things that really, you know, people generally are affected by. Mm -hmm. So the smart meter puts out a pulsed radio frequency radiation. So it just pulses constantly. So what I found is every minute or two, it's pulsing, but it's a microsecond, just a Mm -hmm. burst. So our body operates on electromagnetic frequency. So our Mm -hmm. heart is electromagnetic, our brain, our nervous system is electromagnetic. Um, you know, our whole energy body is affected by it. But the problem with the pulsing is it's abnormal. It's not a natural frequency like you would get from the earth if right. you were grounding. It is completely man-made, abnormal peaks and spikes. And uh, it's very um, invasive to the body. Sure, sure. And then so it it's also like, It's like a shock. Those- I mean, if you stuck your finger in a light socket, even if it was just for a second, I mean, that voltage is going to course through you and it's going to throw you out of whack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So what frequency specifically are smart meters on? Is it is it a uniform? Like, it, do they have like a certain band that they can be on? Uh, or do different brands of smart meters transmit at different frequencies? Or is it dependent perhaps upon the company? Because I mean, yeah, what... it depends on the company, really. Okay, because because what it's usually, doing when it's it's, it's when usually it... the same frequency. It's just that it's pulsing. Okay, and I was going to say that that pulse. I mean, that's because it's trying to send your electrical usage to the transmitter, which is probably pretty far away, right? So it's a powerful pulse. It is. There's two transmitters in the in most smart meters. One that's transmitting around like picking up everything you're doing in your house mm-hmm. and picking up your neighbors and comparing you. And then the other one oh. is sending that out to like basically a cell tower. So it's like there's smart meter collectors like around the neighborhoods and mm-hmm. that and it sends the data there. So there's two different transmitters going, but they're transmitting constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing that's so harmful. And the other thing is it causes uh, high voltage transients or dirty electricity on the wiring throughout your home. So you could be on the opposite end of your home from your smart meter and you're still getting pulses coming through your wiring. 
Okay. So, and it's okay. coming through your house, you know, and it's a surveillance issue also, like all of our devices are. Right. So the smart meter, you know, just based on the pulsing from the house, like from outside your house, they can tell like how many people are in the house and where they are based on how the free, the, the waves are interrupted by the human body. Right. Right. Cause it's going to bounce off everything. There's, there's a lot of implications with these things. And, uh, you know, one of the, from, from the, the people that I've seen other interviews with, uh, talking about uh, their experiences with smart meters uh, when they have, you know, brought up their concerns with the power companies. You know, they always say, you know, oh, it's just a pulse. You know, I mean, it's not it's not all the time, but I mean, it's but it really is. I mean, I, I, people have found that these things are broadcasting uh, a lot more than they're advertised to or than they're they're supposed to. So then the question is, you know, is there additional information that they are sending and receiving uh, like over and above what their stated use is, you know, or is it just that, you know, I don't know, they, they like to be on more than they like to be off? Yeah, they say that they they make more money off of our data than mm -hmm. they do from our electricity usage. Wow. So they're getting data. They know they can tell every time you open your refrigerator, every time mm -hmm. you blow dry your hair or you, you know, um, push your toaster button down or run your microwave or whatever yeah. all of that stuff your your uh smart meter knows even if it's not a smart device it can tell by the pull on the electrical system mm -hmm. in your house the circuit uh you know what frequencies is is being um pulled and uh you know what type of device that would be and it can be used against us too you know how they're collecting data on everyone yes. and using it against us because they could say oh you know you're um, you know, like a single mom, you're blow drying your hair at 11 o'clock at night. Are you going out at 11 o'clock at night? Like, sure. you know, they could just use that information in some way. Or, um, or they could use it to claim that maybe you're doing illegal activity. You know, if your electricity usage is off of what they believe it should be, uh, then they could perhaps use that as a predicate to get a warrant and come in and, and take a look at what you're doing. Even if you're not doing anything illegal, you know, maybe you're just, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, I'm an amateur mycologist. I kind of jumped when you said mycology earlier. Uh, and, okay. uh, and, and I, I used to grow all different types of edible, edible mushrooms. And I'm in a, I'm a member of the American Mycological Association. So awesome. I love hearing that mushrooms are a passion of mine and living down here in Florida, there's all kinds of them growing in my yard and I love doing, uh, IDs oh. and stuff, but, um, that's awesome. They yeah. might know, like if you had grow lights in your house, that's what I'm saying, them. you know, like let, maybe, let, maybe you're doing hydroponic vegetables in your home or something like that, or, right. you know, maybe you have a greenhouse, uh, but they look at your usage and they look at the particular, uh, uh, you know, signature of that usage. And they say, well, this person might be actually growing drugs. You know, they might, might be growing weed or something else that you can grow that's illegal. I don't know. But, um, and then they can use it to come in and invade your privacy. I, I mean, the, the implications are, are pretty far reaching. Yes, absolutely. So <clears throat> were you able to get your smart meter removed from your house? Was your power company amenable to swapping that out? Because I've heard that they, they don't like to do that. They don't like to do that. And that, again, that is based on every company is different. I know in Indiana, like half of the state, they will remove them. The other half, they won't. So the mm -hmm. only way to get it removed is if you vacate your house, they take the meter off, and then you basically do like a new construction or a total remodel where they have to put another meter on, but they will not come and swap it out. I'm in Illinois, and we're able to, um, I was able to pay to have it removed, and I have to pay a monthly fee of $22 for them to come out and 
take the reading, which they never charged us to take the reading before. Right. So I get I get notices from them like all the time saying, oh, you've spent three thousand dollars on this meter already. But I have no choice. So um, anyway. So how quickly did your symptoms uh, alleviate after you had the meter meter swapped out and did everything go back to normal? Not initially, because I was still using a cell phone and still using a, I had cordless phones because I had a landline, um, but I found the cordless phone was horrible, mm-hmm. really bad. The cell phone, I eventually had to stop using a cell phone altogether. So wow. for a long time, I thought I could use one and I'd put them in the little cases and Faraday cages and, you know, put it on airplane mode all the time, but still it was affecting me so severely. Mm-hmm. And what happens is with any type of radiation issues like this, our, our, um, it accumulates basically in our body. Mm-hmm. So it's a cumulative effect, I should sure. say. So once you become really sensitive, it's hard to reverse it. So I was able to stop most of the symptoms um, by just really avoiding everything. So mm-hmm. I can leave the house for an hour or two, and I usually can be okay out in public, but that's about all I get. I, I mean, I was an international speaker. I was flying all over and just on my phone constantly and, and I mean, I can't do that at all anymore. You know, I I only travel when I need to now. And um, I usually have to have someone with me because the last two times I was in airports, I had seizures in the airport from the radar. Oh, wow. um, those uh, booths that you go into that you're oh, standing, the, in, those yeah. are uh, 5G millimeter booths. Yep, yep. And um, I have never gone into them. Just intuitively, I knew not to do it. So I always get a pat down, but they make me stand right in front of the scanner for five yeah. or 10 minutes waiting for a TSA agent. Yep. And while I'm standing there, I'm being bombarded by all those millimeter waves coming out of the booth. So mm-hmm. yeah, twice it's almost not worth it. You know, I mean, like I, I, I tried to avoid them for as long as I could. And uh, February 2020, I was actually flying to South Carolina to go visit uh, Thomas from True Reporting. And uh, and this is also the first time I think I got really sick with whatever the scamdemic was. But, um, you know, I, I told them I was like, I want to pat down. I don't want to go through this machine. And and they were so angry at me for like taking their time like they did. They made me wait for a half hour in front of the machine. Uh, and and they all they were it's, it was like they were intentionally trying to make it take as long as possible. And I almost missed my flight like they held the flight for me and I had to run from like the entrance uh, all the way to the gate. But um, I mean, it was in te- there was like three or four TSA agents that were there. They used it as an opportunity to train somebody who was uh, brand new that day. And uh, they were not interested in my concerns about anything. It was just all about the inconvenience that they were having to experience. Uh, one uh, brief, briefly over here on uh, Truth so- or not on Truth Social on Rumble, uh, Low Country Brooklyn. One of my mods says in Southeast North Carolina, you have to pay a hundred and seventy-five dollars to have it removed, and there is some other ongoing fiscal punishment. Years ago, our beloved, our beloved Debbie Roush had her entire home in a complete burn due to a smart meter. Wow. Uh, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of different dangers that are inherent in these things. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I kind of, I said in the introduction, you know, the, the electronic conveniences of modern life, I mean, virtually everything that is surrounding us on a daily basis is 
pumping out some type of signal, you know, whether, you know, you've got, everybody has Wi-Fi. And even if you don't have Wi-Fi in your home, a lot of times there are still Wi-Fi networks in the neighborhood because of like Comcast or AT&T or something like that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, like all of the, uh, the, the, the trans, the transformers and, and the electrical equipment, they're all communicating with, uh, uh, SIM cards and, and cell phone signals. And there's always a cell tower within three miles of wherever you are, probably multiple of them. Uh, and, uh, and so many things have RFID tags in them now. I mean, it's almost impossible to escape this stuff. And, uh, so my, my heart goes out to you. I mean, knowing that, that it's, impossible for you to leave the house. I mean, that sucks. I've heard it said before that exactly what you said that, you know, once you develop something like this, once your body uh, starts reacting to it, it's it's almost as if you, you can't shut it off. And then the preponderance of these various radio frequencies and electromagnetic frequencies around us, it just keeps it going. I mean, it's kind of like uh, adults who develop allergies late in life. It's like if you develop it later in life, then it's like way worse than it would be if you were a kid because your body has had decades to adjust to whatever it is. But uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that, Susan. It sucks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it stinks. It definitely stinks. But, you know, they figure that there's between 3 and 15% of the population that have they have this condition mm -hmm. and it's known they've actually labeled it now as electromagnetic hypersensitivity ehs mm -hmm. or ems depending um but it's actually recognized now by the ada as a disability it's mm -hmm. not something that uh you know they like to diagnose but they can at least put it in your chart so i mean that's one step i guess a little step toward progress and um so how know, helping how, people how do you go about proving something like that mm -hmm. I mean, like, what are are there different ways that it can be measured? I mean, uh, and I'm asking as much out of curiosity as I am for maybe people who are watching who believe that uh, this might be happening to them and perhaps their doctor isn't receptive to it. Right. Yeah. And a lot of doctors aren't receptive. My doctor, when I was first going through all the symptoms, was trying to help me, you know, referring me to everyone to figure out what was going on. When I figured it out, I told him, he goes, oh, yeah, Sue, everyone's going to think you're crazy. I said, well, I don't care because now I know that this is really happening, you know. Um, and then I found another doctor who I started seeing who right away I started telling him, you know, I had a smart meter. And he stopped me and he started typing and I'm like, is he thinking I'm crazy or is he listening? And he was listening. And he goes, oh, wow. now, when did they put the smart meter on? Like he backed me up and wanted all the details. And I, I actually, he's retired now, but we've become friends and we keep in touch. And, um, you know, he's totally on board with knowing that this is from the radiation. And, you know, he's got other patients that had issues that he's helped them, you know, figure out that they were also electrosensitive. So, yeah, yeah it's difficult to test for it because oh. there's not a definitive test to, uh, you know, it's not like you can go for a blood test and say, okay, you have this. Sure. Um, so it's just like a cluster of symptoms. And, you know, really the way, the best way to really know for sure is to avoid the, the radiation. And that's really hard to do because if you live near a cell tower or if your yeah. neighbors all have Wi-Fi, even if you shut yours off, you know, you don't know what you're being exposed to unless you have meters. And I have some here. I could kind of demonstrate them for you too. Oh, yeah. I'd like get into I'd... the show. I'd like to see that for sure. Um, okay. You know, I, I'm also reminded of some cases that I remember reading about when I was much younger. And it, and actually, I think I must have looked into it in conjunction with the report that I remember from when I was a kid. But there was some talk in the early 90s about 
clusters of children with cancer uh, in in families and and neighborhoods living in the suburbs that were like very close to electrical substations. And, uh, you know, having to go through this kind of battle with the power company uh, to show that their their kids were getting sick and they were dying as a result of being close to that electric, uh, you know, whatever, I guess, whatever uh, 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 was being, I guess, broadcast from those substations. Do you know anything about uh, about that? And can you yeah, help? Yeah, absolutely. Define a lot of those me? are the high tension lines. OK. You know, and when you're in close proximity to those, you'll you'll see some cancer clusters. There was just recently a school in this area where they had a cancer cluster, and a lot of the people in the community thought it was from the water, but they have a cell tower right near the property, so I mm. thought it was a cell tower. Okay. But they had three kids and one or two teachers. I'm not sure exactly. But there were either four or five people in the, in the school that had cancer all at the same time. So they brought, they called the state in to do an analysis, and they mm. ruled that it was not a cancer cluster, that that is within the normal limits. Oh, totally coincidental that everybody got cancer at the same time. Was and how it... can you say that it's normal for that many kids to get cancer? And this was this was pre-COVID, but mm-hmm. um, so so I mean, pre-jab, pre. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's uh, it's disgusting. You know, I mean, it's like obviously people are not in good shape in this modern world that we live in. You know, I mean, and there's all different types of causes for that. You know, I mean, uh, diet, huge, uh, you know, lack of activity, huge. Um, you know, I truly believe that, uh, you know, uh, these, the EMF frequencies are, are definitely causing people problems too. But then, you know, you also throw on top of it, uh, you know, vaccines and, uh, all other types of medications, uh, allopathic medicine, making people sick and then selling them on additional treatments and cures so that they can just keep them in this vicious cycle. But, I mean, it's almost like, how do you separate any of this stuff? Uh, We are just under a preponderance of illness-making methodologies, like all around us in so many different ways, you know? And uh, I mean, it's it's enough to overwhelm you, Susan. You know, I mean, for people who want to remain healthy and want to stay away from this stuff, I mean, you know, you solve one problem and then you've got a hundred more in line right after it. Exactly, exactly. So one of the things that I found that's really helpful is grounding, but not grounding while you're around any electronics. Well, okay. So it doesn't do you any good to have your hands on a keyboard and have your feet on a grounding pad. I've got a grounding mat under my desk. (laughs) I know you do, and I didn't want to call you out, but I need to bring it up. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Les, I don't know if you're out in the uh, the audience. Oh, yeah, he is. He's, He's out there. He's out there. Uh, yeah, he actually set me up with a couple of grounding pads. We've got one for the bedroom too, but let me ask you this. Well, so we initially had it like on top of the mattress and like living in Florida and with it being so hot and humid down here, it was like really uncomfortable. It just made us like sweat. Um, would we get the benefits from the grounding pad if we like put it in between the box spring and the mattress? <clears throat> probably okay. you know and a lot of times it really depends on a lot of things if your box spring has or if your mattress has coils in it mm-hmm. you know like that will pull but the problem is if you have a light on overhead of your bed your your uh the grounding pad basically causes the electricity to take the path of least resistance so which is like great right if you. you're sitting nowhere yeah. but if you have a light on over your head or if you have your cell phone in your hand and you've got the battery of course in your hand mm-hmm. it's pulling all of that right through you you're basically just becoming an antenna okay so that's the problem I, I have a little grounding uh, band that I use, you mm-hmm. know, and I'll sit like on the balcony or on, even on the couch. I have a wire running outside and I have it actually inserted into the ground. 
Um, and I, I think it's wonderful. You know, the grounding pad is wonderful in that sense. And, uh, Boy, I've given her a whole bag of treats. <laughs> She's asking for more. Our dogs—they always know when we're uh, when we need to be paying attention to something else. That's so funny. Yeah. Um. You know, that's actually that's a great idea. I actually saw this uh, this documentary about grounding, and the guy. Well, I don't know. I don't remember his name, but he was the founder of this particular company where I bought the grounding pads from. And was it Clint uh, Oberman, maybe he was he he was uh, a silver haired gentleman and uh, maybe a southern accent. But his story yeah. was that uh, I think the first time he grounded, he like wrapped a copper wire around his ankle and then uh, put it through the window and then nailed it into the ground. And then he he was like, I woke up the next day and I felt great. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty much what I do. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway. The one thing that's really great with the grounding, like, you know, you're lucky to have the beach near you. Yeah. Um, but to be able to walk the beach, but you have to be barefoot. Mm-hmm. You're not barefoot, Absolutely. you're not going to ground. And yeah. if there's too many shells or there's, you know, the fear of broken glass or something, then, of course, you'd want to wear shoes. But then you want to take them off in a safe place and stand yeah. there for a few minutes without your cell phone on. If you have it in your pocket, make sure it's on airplane mode. The Wi-Fi has to be, be off. The Bluetooth has to be off. Um, and then you you really get the benefits of grounding because there's nothing better. We you know, ground. For me, I have to rejuvenate. Um, it's like my body just needs to discharge. So I go, I drive to Lake Michigan and I just stand on the beach or walk on the beach. And then also um, <laughs> being in the forest, you know, being in the woods yeah. is just so helpful. We ground every single day. I, uh, you know, we're lucky enough because we're down here in Florida. I mean, it's nice and we uh, we hang out in the backyard and stuff and always uh, try to walk every day with with my shoes off. Um, but it, we go to the beach as often as we can, always barefoot. And uh, the, we haven't been able to for like the last two months, probably, just because it's been so cold. It's supposed to be 25 degrees here tonight. And I know that maybe people are, are going to think that's... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't be complaining because of where we live, but it's cold all over the place. And oh. uh, and so we had to we had to winterize our, our fruit trees in the backyard. I had to like wrap them in blankets. And so I made like uh, uh, I, 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 I got like garden fence, basically five foot garden fence. And I wrapped all of the trees and then I wrapped blankets all around them. And uh, I was actually pretty proud of myself because I've never done anything like that before. But Getting it taken care of is awesome, and I can't wait for it to get warm again so that we can get back outside and uh, and and you know just be out in the sun and uh, and in the on the the the, the earth again. Um, you know what else can people do besides just turning things off and uh, and staying away from situations? Yeah, well, you have the most control over what's in your own home, so mm-hmm. that's where you really have to start. Um, you know, if you have to use a cell phone, which most people do, and I figured no one's going to like me because I'm going to tell them not to do it, Mm -hmm. but, you know, turn it off as much as you can. Distance is your friend. So, you know, if you're sitting there with it, move it three feet over, you know, where you can still hear it. Don't ever sleep with it. Never put it on your bed. Um, you know, I always recommend if they, if you need it, like I have a landline so I can hear, you know, people know how to contact me if there's an emergency, but if you don't have any other way to be contacted and you have to have your phone on, then like put it on the windowsill or put it in the bathroom and just turn the volume up or something while you're sleeping, because you're not going to be looking at it while you're sleeping. So why get irradiated all day long? You sure. know? As far as like a computer goes, you can hardwire it. There's a way to hardwire um, certain cell phones, certain iPhones and that you can hardwire actually. 
Um, but you have to turn off all the antennas. So like if I have, I have an ethernet cord on this laptop, mm -hmm. but if I had the Wi-Fi turned on or the Bluetooth turned on or the hotspot turned on, then I'm going to be irradiated from the computer constantly anyway. Sure. So you just have to be really mindful of those sorts of things. Um, I would say if you have a landline, get rid of the cordless decked phones and get the old hardwired phones that have the cord. On right, them. right, right. So I've never probably I've invested an awful lot in buying like long phone cords, and, <laughs> um, you know, just trying to make it a little bit more convenient. Yeah. So you get used to not being tied to a cord. Um, baby monitors are huge. Babies skulls are thinner than ours and they have more water in them of course mm -hmm. microwaves or radio frequency radiation is microwaves and those heat water so um babies brains are much more affected so never let a baby hold a cell phone or talk to grandma on a cell phone or anything okay you, know, you see so many kids out in public where the parents just give them a cell phone yeah and i've told parents you know they don't want to hear it but um I just feel bad about that. Baby monitors, wireless baby monitors, really bad. In fact, I have um, a lot of clients, somehow or other, I started specializing in children with autism. Mm -hmm. And I, I have one family that has four autistic children. Four. I mean, I don't know how they do it, but they use baby monitors when the kids were little. And my feeling is that the baby monitor is constantly putting out frequencies in the baby and the baby makes a noise and then it picks it up to transmit it. Yeah. So a lot of kids that are autistic now are becoming um, nonverbal. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that when they hear the noise and they make a noise, they're getting electrified basically. And it's, it's like causing this neural pathway to form sure. that's making them nonverbal. That's just a speculation, but I think baby monitors are really um, should never be used by anyone, you know, and then the Wi-Fi in the schools, it's, so pervasive it's, mm -hmm. it's really crazy um i found a guy online named barry trower he lives in the uk he was an mi5 agent he worked on uh uh deactivating bombs underwater and everything and he started studying radio frequency in like 1960 mm -hmm. he doesn't have a cell phone or a computer he won't you know because he knows too much so i have to communicate with him by mail mailing him letters to the uk and everything How um but it's amazing with the frequencies. He did a study on the Tetra network, so the police um, radios, the Motorola mm -hmm. radios, and found that the frequencies that those put out cause aggression. Mm -hmm. So every different frequency causes a different thing. 2.45, which is most of the Wi-Fi, yeah. causes infertility, mm -hmm. uh, anxiety. So you look at all of the you know, ADHD and all of the anxiety that we all are experiencing now more than ever, mm -hmm. and we're just being, you know, electrified i think that's really Absolutely. the problem you know i heard a um i heard a, a story about a police officer that he so so he felt that he was also uh, affected by this stuff and it was specifically because his police radio he would set it between his legs like every time he was sitting in his patrol car and you know do it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was the radar gun. That's what it was. He set oh. the radar gun in between his legs and he developed testicular cancer, like aggressive, you know, and, um, and and that's another thing. You know, I mean, those guns are not supposed to be shooting off unless you're like pointing them and pushing the button. But I mean, apparently they do. Right. Yep. I know I'm affected by radar. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, about 10 miles from uh, the nearest um, 
airport, which is about as close as you can get as an electrosensitive person, like someone who lives near an airport. I mean, in a lot of cases, people have to move. I interviewed about 25 people for the book and several people live in their cars. They can no longer live in a neighborhood, you know, LED light bulbs are another thing that are so dangerous. Really? It causes a lot of issues. Oh yeah. It yeah. causes a lot of dirty electricity. So it's wow. a good thing you have the dirty electricity devices Yeah. Um, yeah. because that helps. But then you also, they will discharge, at least the ones I have, they discharge the dirty electricity out of the little unit that you plug in. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be sitting or sleeping near that unit, you know, yeah. because yeah. I've got make you sick. I've got, well, I mean, I've actually got four. I mean, I've got them in like the four corners of the house, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, I, well, I, I've never noticed anything and um, you know, I don't know. I, here's the thing. It's like, you know, how do I know I've had migraines my entire life and I've, I've, you know, I'm getting older. So, I mean, like, you know, I'm developing things as I go, but um, you know, I mean, I started, I developed tinnitus. I don't know. I mean, about a year ago now. I mean, it's like it, it's it comes and goes now. But I mean, I never had the issues. And I suppose I'm on the computer all the time, you know, yeah. and there I've got two Wi-Fi networks in the house. And um, there's all and obviously in my cell phone is in my hand all the time. So I don't know what's what. And, and um, Here, it, here's something you might try is okay. turning off your Wi-Fi at night. I'd mm -hmm. recommend everyone to do this. So okay. you might even if like if you had a uh, you know pretty uh, normal schedule or routine as far as sleeping goes, put a Christmas tree timer on your Wi-Fi router, like have it go off at 10 o'clock at night and come back on at six in the morning. So at least while you're sleeping, your body gets a break because while you're sleeping is when your body really heals, you mm -hmm. know, and if you're being electrocuted, not electrocuted, but, you know, irradiated, I should say, while you're sleeping, your body can't really go into a full healing process and sure. go into a real, you know, good, deep sleep. So yeah. I would definitely recommend, you know, if nothing else, turn off your Wi-Fi when you're sleeping um, and, it, and if you leave the house all day and you have pets, turn off the Wi-Fi all day while you're at work, because why irradiate your pets? Sure. Pets are affected as well, you know? Um, but there are fabrics that you can buy to shield those. So like all this white, I don't know if you can see, where is it? I guess it's this way. Okay. All this white stuff here is shielding because I have a Wi-Fi router in there. Mm -hmm. And then the neighbors have a smart meter that way. So I found the area where it's shooting in with my meter. So I was able to block it with shielding. So it's not real pretty, but at least, um, you know, there are fabrics that you can actually wear that will block the radiation. So there's mm -hmm. fabrics that are made with you know, like silver and copper and different um, metals that will block it out. I've got, um, you know, I've seen, uh, I guess, a variety of different commercial Faraday cages for lack of a better term, you know, I mean, so that you can uh, put electric devices inside them, or I've got a, a, a two Faraday cages actually for my phone, if for whatever reason. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. And this is um, for a Wi-Fi router. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my, I think my mom has one just like that as well. Um, what about, uh, what about those little stick on devices that I've seen <clears throat> people using on their phones? I mean, it, that to me seems less likely to actually do anything because I mean, you've still got the entire phone that's going to be exposed. Right. I've bought pretty much every device that is sure. known to man that's supposed to protect you. I've had stickers on my phone for years. Um, before I even became electrosensitive, I just had heard that it would be helpful. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a friend who was a naturopath who also put these stickers on everything. And he actually developed a brain tumor and he was used his phone and everything all the time. He had yeah. his Wi-Fi router under his desk right by his feet. 
Yeah. And I was asked to uh, speak at his funeral service. Oh. And when I went, it was up in Wisconsin and I, um, his family offered that I stay in his office because he was, uh, you know, had, had couches and treatment beds and that sort of thing. So I figured, okay, I'd just stay in his office. So I brought my meters off the chart, like a million times too high for human health. So I figured that he had these little devices on everything mm-hmm. and he died of a brain tumor, you know, wow. and he suffered for a long time with this tumor. And he thought that the little devices would help him, but I couldn't, I've never had seen readings that high just from his Wi-Fi router and his, he had a wireless printer. So, so they were probably yeah, you really have amplifying to, um, it. Right. So this little thing here is, I'm going to put it up. It's called shungite. It's a carbon, oh, sh- like a mineraloid <clears throat> material. I'm, so I'm familiar with shungite. This. Yeah. To me, this helps me a lot when I'm like out in public in that. Okay. Um, the problem is there was a study, Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, um, reported that they did a study with chickens and the chickens who had shungite and radio waves did really well during the study, but they died faster than the chickens that didn't have the shungite. So it's almost like it helps you to deal with the symptoms, but it doesn't, you know, mitigate any of the damage. So with all the devices and the stickers and the pyramids and all the different things that I've tried and the Schumann frequency generators and everything, I've never found anything that really solve the issue other than avoiding it or rehardwiring it, you know? I mean, that seems <clears throat> to me to be the most logical thing, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. like, it, <clears throat> to me, like all of the other like bells and whistles, I mean, it, it's, a, you know, I mean, it, it's like, it's like addressing uh, a, a sickness that's caused by a medical treatment with another drug or something like that. You know, I mean, like, yes. just turn it off. <clears throat> if you know that that's what's causing you the issues, you know, then just step away from it. Try to mitigate your exposure as much as you can. Let's, yes. uh, you know, we've, we've got about six minutes. We're going to be opening up the phones here in just a few minutes, guys. I dropped the uh, Zoom link into the chats. The uh, call information is also on screen right now. And I'm going to go ahead and drop that into the chats as well. So if you have any stories of your own, if you have questions for Susan, uh, then please don't hesitate to call in. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about 5G because, <clears throat> you know, there was uh, a, a lot of fear-mongering about what was going to happen when all these 5G towers got turned on. And, um, you know, it's it's it, it it doesn't seem that we have we're having like mass die offs and like, you know, pets dying and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I mean, it also coincided with the 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 pandemic. Uh, and it seems like the deaths that we've seen since that time, in my opinion, are probably due to uh, the vaccines, to the, the mRNA clot shots um, and not necessarily due to 5G signals. What do you think about the dangers of 5G specifically, and is there a reason that it hasn't been as devastating as many people predicted? A couple of reasons. Um, I think that, well, first of all, 5G is millimeter waves. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is the, the same frequencies as 4G. Um, but it can go higher, like so they can be uh, basically smaller waves right. in the pattern. It's um, a band. It's like a yeah, whole right. bunch of different frequencies within. Exactly. So the problem, one of the problems with five G is it's on top of four G and three G. You know, so it's just another accumulation of frequencies. Sure. But the um, 
the other issue with 5G is it doesn't travel as far as 4G or 3G. So they okay. need to have um, higher densification of the antenna. So there's more antenna. They're closer to the ground. So they're closer to your house. Um, they can actually put them on, like if you live in an apartment building, they can put an antenna, 5G antenna on your building. And there's I've, nothing to do about it. I've seen so, that. And I've seen a lot of uh, towers nowadays being disguised as uh, organic structures, trees and stuff like that. Absolutely. Because yeah. you know why? Because you're not allowed to refuse um, a 5G tower on the grounds of health concerns. You can mm-hmm. only do it on the grounds of aesthetics. So they're <laughs> disguising them so they don't look so bad. But this is what they're doing in California. Mm-hmm. They rented because, you know, they spend a lot of money on the antenna. So like they're yeah. renting real estate on your roof or on your your pole in your front yard. You know, they could might give you a thousand or two thousand dollars just to put one little box up there um, per month to pay you to put their, you know, an antenna oh, wow. on your property. Yeah, that would you be difficult a lot to turn down. A lot of schools make thousands of dollars every month by putting a cell tower, you know, out on their athletic field. Um, but where was I going? Oh, and so in California, they actually rent, in some cases, they rent an apartment and it's just a front for the cell tower. You walk into the apartment and it's just cell towers. So wow. if you're living next door to that person, you don't even know it, but you might five feet away, you might have a massive sure. cell tower, you know? I mean, that's, wow. that's to me is crazy. <laughs> that is but that's crazy. where a meter comes in because you can measure and you could you at least know something's abnormal. You know, I, I actually I, I want to uh, I want to see some of those meters and I would love for you to demonstrate them. Uh, also, sure. uh, over on uh, on Odyssey, smells like a dog uh, said, I'm sorry, chops. I, well, I don't know. There's a conversation going on about what about 6G? What about 7G? I mean. This is, this is, I I don't know how far they can take it. I mean, there's only so many bands uh, of spectrum that they can use uh, to, uh, to use for, for cell communication and stuff. Um, I mean, at a certain point, I would imagine that they're going to go to a much more direct method of communication. Like, you know, you're, you're going to have a brain chip and they're going to be able to just send the phone uh, call directly into your mind, which is, you know, a whole nother level of danger there. But do you know anything about the upcoming uh, generations of cellular communication? I've heard that 6G is already developed. I don't know, like, what the difference will be between 5 and 6G. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. But one of the things that I don't know that I answered earlier is you said that, you know, with 5G being rolled out, they expected that people would get sick and they're really yes. not. But um, I know that they first rolled out 5G in, in Wuhan and also yeah. in Oregon and that's in New York. Those are kind of the first places that got it. Mm-hmm. Those are the first places that were really hit with COVID. Yeah. And a lot of the symptoms are the same. That's you know? true. There's, yeah. there's similar symptoms. So there's a book by um, Arthur Furstenberg called The Invisible Rainbow. Oh, and yes. he talked about all through history, every time that they advanced in electrification, mm-hmm. uh, going from just having electricity to going to wireless electricity, going from 2G to 3G, and then from 3G to 4G, and now 4G to 5G, there's like a massive pandemic or something that um, you know caused a lot of people to get sick. And his premise is that it's all because of you know the insult of the, all the radiation to our body. Wow. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, we are just so inundated with disinformation and, uh, you know, confusion. There's no way for us to really be able to pinpoint anything. You know, I mean, like in uh, anecdotal cases like yourself, I mean, like you can do your own studies, essentially. I mean, you can test out what works in, in your own life, you know, what's affecting you. I mean, what alleviates those symptoms? 
But on a mass scale like this, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm aware that they rolled out 5G in Wuhan. I'm I'm aware of, uh, you know, how those two events coincided and just, you know, how insane it is. Um, you know, so th- but there's just no way for us to really uh, uh, tell at this point. I mean, because they're not going to roll back from 5G to 3G, you know, I mean, like, right. it's like we're stuck with this. It's almost. Well, I mean, clearly they don't care about what the health effects are. I mean, they're not concerned about how many of us are going to die or how many of us are going to get sick. If we die, then, you know, that's one less useless feeder off the the face of the planet. Uh, If we get sick, well, then we get sucked into their welfare system, uh, you know, and and they still win. Uh, But if we survive, you know, that's like them almost playing God, like pushing evolution forward, you know, survival of the fittest. And those people who are resistant to these technologies and maybe uh, or at least aren't debilitated by them, you know, they're going to survive if they get uh, uh, if if they become sterile. Well, then again, you know, they win. But if they have kids, then, you know, that kid maybe is going to be uh, able to sustain their life and and not be completely taken out by this technology. So uh, it's insane. We actually have our first caller on the line, and I think I know who this is. So let's bring him in. Caller, you're on the air. Is this Robert? Hey, dude. It's, uh, yeah, Roberto from Daytona. Roberto. How you doing, buddy? Good to, see, good to hear from you. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. So uh, what do you think about this stuff? Um, or is, this, uh, is, is this on your, uh, your radar for research, or uh, is, are you learning new information tonight? Uh, well, to tell you the truth, I used to work in the telecom industry for many, many, many years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the 5G thing that you were talking about, it's actually separated into three different bands. It's actually separated into a low band, a mid band and a high band. Okay. And right now what everybody, what everybody's using in the cities is basically your millimeter <clears throat> small band wave, which is where you have the cell, the micro cells every so often behind the streets. Mm-hmm. And then usually out in the larger, more rural areas, you'll see the full 5G towers, which has the higher bandwidth, the mid to higher bandwidth. That way it can transmit over longer distances without having to use the microcells. Okay, okay. And uh, do you think that the type of rollout that they did might have an effect on people's health? I mean, if they were using like like a a greater uh, density of the higher bands, do you think that would be more dangerous? Absolutely, because there's yeah. been studies that have shown that as you start getting into the mid to higher bands, yeah. that you can actually affect the actual ionization of oxygen in a specific area, yeah. depending upon the intensity of the wave being emitted. Wow, that's just crazy. Now, so, I now, actually you, used to work in wanted- the wire. I used to work in the wireless industry back in the day too, not as like an installer or anything. I, I ran a Verizon store, but. You know, we knew about this stuff. I mean, they talked about it. Uh, be, you know, there was like uh, 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 one sheets that they sent out to everybody, you know, and in case anybody comes in and wants to know about brain tumors, you know, you can tell them to get this Bluetooth headset that will. But I mean, I don't think that's any better for you. Well, it really isn't because yeah. you're you're just dealing with a different level of frequencies that are affecting the body. But here's some of the things that most people aren't aware of and don't understand. OK, the reason why a lot of this stuff is being transitioned over into fiber is because your traditional cable lines will admit what they would consider noise through the cable line. Mm-hmm. And if the plant isn't tightened down, then it can actually create what they call a bubbling effect, and therefore it can actually affect 
things as simple as air traffic control radars and ground penetrating radars and things like that. You can you can look it up. It, it's actually something that the FCC makes the cable companies do. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that narrative as well, too, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It can be your electrical system in and of itself. Like I used to live out in a uh, area of Daytona that had <clears throat> that was right next to an electrical substation. And I can tell you that just by using an EMF meter on the actual substation, the amount coming off of the substation was just astronomical. And every time a storm would roll in, it would just jump off the charts the minute a lightning strike would hit. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, and Listen, uh, Robert, now, can, can, Robert, can you hold on? Can you hold that thought? we got to take a break for the second half of the show. I forgot yeah, to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, just stick around. We'll be right back, guys. All right, guys, we're back. Thank you for sticking around. <clears throat> so, Robert, uh, when you lived by that power station, did you notice any particular health effects? Uh, did you uh, get oh. healthier when you moved away? Well, it's funny to say that because I used to be a huge migraine sufferer just like you. Yeah. And when I moved away from the power substation, my migraines pretty much dissipated. And migraines usually fall in one of two categories. They're either neurological or they are symptomatic based upon you know chemicals or something that you eat. Yeah. So I started eliminating things that I eat while I was eating, and then I started going to a more fruit and vegetable juicing kind of diet to try and get away from a lot of the processed foods. And then once I moved away from the substation, it's like 90% of my symptoms went away. The only downside to that is, is I do suffer from an autoimmune, so I feel the effect of the autoimmune a lot more, though. Oh, wow. Wow. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, Trisha. Oh, no. Trisha over on Rumble says, is fiber optics worse? I'm clueless about all of this. So <clears throat> going back to your uh, uh, your commentary on fiber optics earlier, I mean, I would assume that fiber optic cabling would be better than traditional copper cabling because it's uh, it's pulses of light. And obviously, we got light all around us all the time. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, actually, let's uh, if we can go to Susan first. My belief is that the fiber optics is much better, much mm-hmm. safer. Okay, Robert. Yeah, there's a you know, like you said, you're 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 exactly correct. It's just basically a light transmission, and you're talking about trunk lines that have hundreds of fibers in them at a time, and it's just designed to transmit the light back and forth to a modulator and demodulator on opposite ends of, you know, a state, the country, however you want to do it. And the re- like, again, the reason why they're doing that is because they're trying to eliminate all the viable bandwidth that is being emitted so that they can free it up more so that all of these cell communications and all this, you know, connected thing, of, you know, connected living, so to speak, is more effective. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw two things at you because of all of this weird stuff. And I didn't believe until I was talking to a military friend of mine. Next time you're outside during a thunderstorm, I want you to listen to the thunder. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell me if it sounds different to you than it did 20, 20, 30 years ago, because you and I are about the same age. Yeah. And he and I were talking about this and it's like, yeah, it sounds more uh, harmonic, more reverb, and it sounds more mechanical than it used to. Hmm. And it almost sounds like it's it's kind of a byproduct of the amount of electromagnetic radiation that's being emitted just in the atmosphere in and of itself. Oh, wow. That's an interesting thought. I, Susan, have you uh, noticed anything yourself? I have not noticed anything with the thunder at all, to be honest. Look, at I know it's crazy. I didn't believe it when, when, when he told me about it. But if you actually type and look it up, on, and I wouldn't use Google. I'd use like DuckDuckGo or even yeah. Yandex. 
And I mean, you'll find like Reddit articles or even uh, Quora articles about people talking about this stuff. And it's just absolutely mind blowing. And it's, it's just weird. I've never, I never thought about it until you said that. So it's just, you know, we're at a point now where you could be ingesting smart dust and not even know it. That's how sure. bad the society is now. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if you're familiar with smart dust, but I mean, it's basically nanoparticles that they're putting in, yeah. you know, supposedly they're so they're starting out in the construction area to monitor structural integrity and things like this. But this is something that's been going around for like the past 20, 30 years. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, um, so, I there was a, a documentary I watched about two, maybe a year, year and a half ago about Morgellons. I've always wanted to do a show on Morgellons. And, you know, this I think that this ties into that directly. And um, well, it's gaining ground. It's gaining yeah. ground now. That's the crazy part about it. Yeah. yeah. So well, I mean, it's, it's the know, same, so same with work. EMF sickness. You know, I mean, I think it, there's just, you know, the more people that uh, that that speak up or that even recognize that this might be the cause of whatever is happening to them. You know, I mean, it, it has to people have to accept it or at least you, you have to try to disprove it or, or, you know, otherwise, if you're just willfully ignoring it, then how are we going to advance? Well, here's a question for Susan. Um, are you familiar with the Schumann resonance theory? Yes, I am. 7.82 hertz. It's it's interesting because they've shown that there's positive effects from electrical strikes from lightning because it's ionizing that kind of counteract the effects of non-ionizing electromagnetic radiation, which I thought was quite interesting. Now, like, granted, they only did it in minute test samples, but they're showing that as they do more experiments on it, that there's actually a lot of validity to it. And I think they're trying to break it down as a coast to like population densities to see if like, let's say Florida or the, um, the rainforest that have a lot of storms and so forth might actually have been benefiting that from local populations and so forth. It's an interesting article. Yeah, I believe that. And even with the ions, I know like on a beach, when you have more negative ions that you have, a, you know, better health consequences mm-hmm. from that. So yeah. that makes total sense. It's just one of those things to throw out there. It's just like I was telling Zach, there's so much information that I digest on a daily basis. It's like after a while, my head wants to explode. <laughs> yeah. The nature of the beast. Nature of the beast. All right. Well, listen, Robert, thank you so much for calling in, buddy. Merry Christmas. I I, I, I will be getting in touch with you. Just wait. let me get past the holiday and I'll have some extra time. Oh, yeah, yeah. No worries. Okay. I, I'm I'm on vacation, dude. I, I It's a time of year for me and it's like I've had enough of work and it's like I need some time for myself and my Perfect. wife and just... But you guys have a good one. Have a Merry Christmas and stay safe out there. You do the Thank same. Thank you, brother. Robert. You too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll Thank talk you. to you soon. All right. Next caller coming in. Also, Trisha says the thunder here has started sounding different. It's almost like cannons fired. Caller, caller, make sure you mute that stream. Are you there? Hello. Hi. Can we get your name? Hello. Hi. Yes, this is KK from Texas. Hey, how you doing, KK from Texas? Hi, um, I had two questions really quickly. Um, one, what her opinion is on um, a Wi-Fi router in the house or a Wi-Fi booster in the house for a better signal. And then I also had a question if she's heard of the company called EMF Soul, like S-O-L. I have not heard of EMF Soul. Okay. they. I heard of um, this company from Carrie Madej and... I think they're on Dell Big Tree, a few other companies, but basically they, from what I understood, it it's different than blocking the 5G signal. It 
supposed to negate the signal. Um, I can send the link to the chat, oh. but I was just curious what I actually I, at what your thoughts are. I've just found it, and uh, you can actually get them through Honey Colony, which is my friend uh, Miriam Hanane's uh, company. I uh, just dropped it into the chat, and tell you what, uh, I will drop it into our chat here in Zoom, Susan, so that you can see it. Um, okay. It looks like Thank it you. connects to the power cable going into the Wi-Fi router, and um, I mean, just looking at it, <clears throat> it reminds me of um, – I don't know how to explain it, or or I don't have the term – terminology to define it but sometimes on uh power cables there will be a connector just before the in- input that is actually like two magnets that goes around the outside of the cable and it's supposed to balance the electricity as it goes in i don't know if it's related to that but um yeah you can actually see it on there here i'll show everybody on screen but do you use one of these kk yeah, so we we actually just bought one. Um, it's it's not connected to anything for us. It's so you have a smart meter for the home or a smart meter block for the home. So it basically looks like a big cube, and you set it on top of the smart meter. Um, and it sounds like I should probably look at the technology better, but it's the it sounds like the magnets that you're just talking about. But you don't have to connect wires or anything. Okay. Okay. And I know on their website, it really has a ton of articles explaining what it does and how it works. Okay. Um, Yeah, it says here, uh, the electronic device chip can be used to remediate strongest Wi-Fi or Bluetooth EMF emitting electronic sources and other key culprits, such as routers, gaming stations, baby monitors, Wi-Fi printers, all fans and AC units, cordless house phones, and beds which plug in. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I just figured she can look over it later if she's interested in it. But did the technology of it sounded different and had heard it from a few different um, people that we listen to. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. I haven't heard of that specific technology. I've tried a lot of other things, and it's like if they say that it, you know, reduces the Wi-Fi signal, oftentimes it wouldn't work if it really reduced it that much, you know, of course there's things like this little Faraday cage that um, you can put on a Wi-Fi router that will reduce it, but won't reduce it enough to make it not work. That's, um, that's the thing. I, that's, uh, I've heard people say that before, you know, like if you're using a Faraday cage while you're actually using the Wi-Fi router, like it just won't work. <laughs> like you won't be able right. to get the signal. But you can measure with a device like that, you can measure how effective it is. So you can sure. tell that it reduces the radiation, but there's still, the, the thing of it is with the wireless stuff, it puts out so much more radiation than we really need it to put out. Right. So if right. you reduce it by 90%, there's so plenty to give you a signal. You it's know? a net gain. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's looking good. And, yes, and that's actually, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was just, I was just going to say Unix reactor out in the chat said it's called a ferrite. So I guess that's what I have seen. Uh, go ahead, KK. Like a ferrite bead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was just going to say, cause I've heard that before too. And we purchased the whole home uh, monitor and then a couple other things and no disruption as of what we know, what we've seen, but have also, we don't have one of the smart meter readers, which I've actually been meaning to get because I'm curious if it change, changes that at all. But 
Yeah, I uh, w- w- once we uh, get off this call, I, I still want you to uh, demonstrate some of those uh, devices that you have there. I'd love to see how it works. All right, KK, okay. an- so, anything further for Susan? Um, one more thing, just um, does she have an opinion on Wi-Fi boosters in the house? Wi-Fi boosters, yes, Wi-Fi boosters. Uh, I, I I've seen. I don't know if this is specifically what you what you're talking about, but there are um, this is actually what they use in hospitals. I think they're called repeaters. What they do is they they take the Wi-Fi signal and then they amplify it and then send it out. So every single one of those boosters is almost like a whole nother Wi-Fi uh, uh, waypoint. Yep. A lot of hospitals have them. Mm -hmm. I've measured, you know, the radiation in a lot of the uh, local hospitals. And several of them have repeaters outside pretty much every room. And I just can't imagine being in the hospital and trying to heal from any surgery or any accident or anything and being that irradiated nonstop. Yeah. I mean, I would just think just based upon how they work. I mean, if you are sensitive to this stuff, I I would think it would only make it worse because it's just going to produce an additional EMF that you're going to be subjected to. Yep. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. All right. And Merry Christmas. I forgot to say Merry Christmas. Okay. Um, okay. Chops, ITMC. I see you're on the on the line, buddy. I want to uh, uh, get to the EMF, uh, uh, I guess, detectors or readers that uh, that we had mentioned before we bring you in. So don't hang up. So... Uh, do you have a favorite device and uh, can you recommend any that people can pick up so that uh, they can test for this themselves? Yep. I have, um, actually I have a, a link on tormentedbytechnology.com forward slash resources um, that has all the meters um, at that link, but there's a, there's a bunch of different meters. My favorite is called a coronet meter. It's okay. a combination meter. So it measures, um, both radio frequency and electric fields and magnetic fields. So it works as not only an RF meter, but also like a Gauss meter. So you can check a lot of things out with that one. This one is interesting. It's got um, sound. So I've actually got more in here than I thought. Oh, wow. I'm not sure if you can be able to see the readings. Uh, I can't tell what the number is, but I can tell that it is there. Okay. So, so the average now is about 10 microwatts per square meter. So that's... that's um. Pretty good. I mean, for an electrically sensitive person, while there's no known safe level, the, um, you know, a level under 10 is really good. Like most, most places would be much higher. So I'm going to turn on the Wi-Fi on this phone. I don't even know how to do it. It's not really a phone. It's just a camera, but <laughs> I can still turn the Wi-Fi on. Or I'll turn the Bluetooth on. So now it's blinking more um, at the higher levels, like the orange. Mm-hmm. And so, what what is it reading now that you've turned the? So now, now it's reading fifty five. Oh wow, that's a pretty big jump. Yep. <coughs> yep. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. All right. So, uh, uh, just I, I just passed out uh, the. Now the re- it's reading over a thousand. Oh wow! With a peak of two hundred and ninety-three thousand. But Holy I'm going to show you a little trick that you can do. Okay. Yeah, two hundred ninety-three thousand. That's crazy. Wow. With this phone on, so I'm not going to keep it on long. Okay. But if you don't want to buy an, a meter, 
which this one is now going into the extreme range, is blinking red every now and then. Mm. Okay. You can get an AM transistor radio. Okay. And you can turn it on. And you put, set it down to the left side of the dial. Okay. And you can hear the static. So, like, if I turn all of these antennas off because they're still on. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Turn them off. Sorry. Yeah, oh, how good you're going to be able to hear it. Yeah, you can't hear it very well. Sorry, That's usually okay. you can hear it really well, but you can do that with a with a with a transistor radio, and you really can hear it. It's just hard with the dog barking. Sure, sure. Oh, that's um, no problem. But it's a great way to just check it, and it will make like a crackling sound every time a smart meter transmits. So it'll just be like a crackle, a quick crackle, okay. a quick crackle here and there. So um, you know, it's just interesting that you can hear. Distance is your friend with all of this. The further you can be away from any of it, the better. So for instance, if the smart, if you have to have the smart meter on and um, there's not a lot you're going, you know, to do about it, then you're better off being as far away from it as possible. So like so, say right outside your office, if the smart meter was on the other side of that wall, you'd want to move your desk to the other side of the wall. Sure, you know? sure. Now, you know, going back to that, uh, uh, the, the blocking material, you know, let's say that you have a smart meter on, you know, you know exactly where it is in the outside of your house. If you were to put some type of shielding material on the inside, uh, like just behind it on, on your wall and inside your home, I mean, is that going to, uh, you know, help? It will help um, with the, I just want to check that this has gone back down. Okay. Um, with the smart meters, they create dirty electricity. So mm -hmm. the if you're doing some kind of either graphene uh, paint or some of this fabric or some screening material will help with the smart meters. Mm -hmm. um, but in most cases, it's going to still be pulsing through the wiring in your home. Okay. So in Chicago, or at least Cook County, Illinois, and in New York, they have an electrical code that the electrical wiring has to run through conduit. And okay. that really helps shield some of the dirty electricity from okay. coming out from the walls. So there's a, you know, one benefit of living in the, in these areas, uh, not many, but, so, but that's I mean, one. <laughs> a new, newer construction, I think, you know, pretty much, I think that's, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, that's like pretty standard in most places now is that, you know, you've okay. got to run stuff through conduit. But I mean, I, I would imagine, I guess, you know, the older buildings, older homes, you know, it's, it's probably going to get, you know, worse as you go further back. All right. We're going to bring in chops now. We'll see what he has to say. We've got two other people on the line. After that, don't hang up. Uh, we will get to you. Uh, and let me just see if there was anything over here on uh, the Foxhole. Sean Joe, thank you very much for dropping that cookie. Same to Porpoiseful. Casey dropped a can. D Patriot said, Merry Christmas, Zach and Lisa. WC Crane Op said, Western medicine, great for trauma, horrible for curing what ails you. Absolutely. Uh, Insight Gino, Merry Christmas to you as well, my friend. Sean Joe, thank you for that cookie. Uh, and then WC Cranop says hello to Sean Joe. Also says Elite Shungite, 99% pure carbon, aware of EMF absorption ratio. Are you aware of the EMF absorption ratio of Shungite? And I actually had seen somebody take powdered Shungite and mix it with paint uh, for their home because they were painting and uh, they were thinking that perhaps that might help absorb some of it as well. Yes. Yes. Okay. I've heard of that too. 
All right. Chomps, you're on the air. Good to see you, buddy. How you been? Oh, all sorts of crazy busy. Uh, busy time of year in my uh, current field. So Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I really haven't even been doing much of anything outside of work and raising my kids. So it's right. Uh, but I'm wondering, Susan, uh, 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 are you aware of anything about uh, differences in uh, waveforms of the uh, various frequencies or uh, interferences, not just as an electric field or as a magnetic field or radio? Um, because uh, the 5G uh, uh, communication signal is uh, uh, orthogonal, orthogonal, orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. Yeah, I, I even got an amateur illustration, but it's uh, using uh, base frequency between four and a half gigahertz and six gigahertz and a secondary frequency that uh, alters that, then that's between 20 and 60 gigahertz. And the uh, altering the higher frequency one will harmonically amplify one side of a sine wave and uh, partially cancel the other side of the sine wave. So it's just basically a push of uh, magnetism as it's generated. I've heard of that, but I don't know anything about it. You obviously know much more about it than I do. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, that makes so, sense uh, to me. <laughs> well, you got your uh, base frequency, and then when you throw in the secondary frequency, it'll uh, it will uh, add the waves on one side and just kind of cancel them on the other side. Okay. And that's uh, basically the uh, technology of the waveform for 5G communications, and they're probably going to use it for other stuff. Okay. Um, but I see yeah. you have your tinfoil hat there. <laughs> uh, which one? <laughs> it's good, too. <laughs> uh, so yeah. um, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've heard the term orthogonal wave before, and, uh, you know, I just I don't know anything about it. But, I mean, it looks rather chaotic. You know, I mean, like, as opposed to, like, other more, um, I guess, rigid or, or, or basic waveforms. Um, so I can only imagine what yeah. it's doing inside your body. Well, it's basically a, a digital pulse instead of a amplitude modulation or frequency modulation for your standard AM, FM communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that does remind me, uh, Susan, uh, for your little uh, AM uh, trick, uh, take a shoebox, line it with tinfoil, stick it over the antenna. And you can use it as a directional rainfinder wherever the opening is and you get your strongest sound. That's the direction uh, it's picking up that radio frequency. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Learn learn that one from uh, Rabbit Hunt doing uh, ham radio because if you're trying to find a a transmitter out in the middle of nowhere and all you got is a little handy talkie, just, okay. Oh, it's coming from that way. And uh, hone in on it that way. But yeah, that AM receiver will... You can do the same thing if you uh, extend the antenna and have a box with one side open and the rest covered in tinfoil. Awesome. That's great to know. Yep. Good stuff. Yep. All right. So, well, Chops, yep. uh, you got anything else for Susan? Uh, no. It, it was just uh, if you knew if there was going to be anything about um, if you were, were at all versed in the uh, uh, orthogonal waveforms. And uh, that little helpful hint for anyone who wants to play with the AM radio tracking down any sort of noise. Thank you. You should write that up, dude. Write, get, get a sub stack, write it up, and then Susan can share it on her resources page. 
Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm still trying to uh, put together the uh, uh, short video segments I've been doing on this stuff over the past year and a quarter. Right on. Oh, yeah. great. Good stuff, man. Yeah. You got any plans for Christmas? Any Anything uh, uh, big coming up? Well, uh, Michigan, so it's uh, I get the game sled out and uh, get my daughter to the hills. Good stuff, man. Uh, that's definitely something that I miss is uh, going sledding in the in the wintertime. Yeah. Yep. How much snow you guys got right now? Oh, we're only about a foot right now. Okay. It's going to be probably two feet for this part of Michigan. Uh, but when it ends tomorrow night, and then we're going to see what happens with it when the lake effect bands fire up. Right on, right on. All right, brother. Man, it was good to see you. Merry Christmas and Happy yeah. New Year. And uh, talk to you soon, okay? Yep. Feliz Merry Christmas, Chops. Thanks. See you, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Next caller coming in. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Caller, can you hear me? I can hear you, Zach. Excellent. Who who are we speaking with? Uh, this is Scott. Scott, welcome to the program, buddy. How you been? Good. How you doing? Excellent. Excellent. So, what do you think about this? What's your uh, question or comment for Susan? So, with uh, Susan, um, been listening to this in kind of a unique perspective. Uh, I work on a military base. My wife works for hospice. And so far this, we call them cases of number 11 so far who has died of brain cancer. And they've just recently turned on 5G in our area. So it's kind of a weird situation. Sure, sure. I mean, I would imagine if you working on a military base, you're probably going to be subject to all all manner of frequencies that most people aren't going to be subject to. Uh, That is correct. Yeah. And then uh, just recently, there has been uh, numerous cases of people, young, younger people Mm -hmm. that have that have gone with brain cancer. And oddly enough. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There was. There's been a few studies that actually children get brain cancer quicker than adults do because it's really because it's cumulative our exposure and kids are starting younger than we were. You know, um, you know when you think about how old you were when you got your first cell phone versus kids now. I think on average they get their first cell phone when they're 11, and you know their brains have more water in them, so they're more microwavable and um, the studies are showing that children get cancer quicker if they started using the cell phone at a younger age than people who start using it at an older age. Oh, wow. I just found an article from 2017. <clears throat> it's from Forbes, you guys, so don't uh, crucify me here. But uh, apparently the World Health Organization has classified cell phone RF energy as a possible carcinogen. And a research group in Sweden as of 2017 uh, has indicated that long-term cell phone use is associated with a two to three-fold increased risk of brain cancer. So just, you know, understanding that, uh, understanding the particular risks that young people have um, w- with this, you know, in specificity, uh, and then also understanding how much more they're probably using their cell phones than 
you know, people of uh, the older generation are, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, even though we have our cell phones around us all the time, uh, I think we're not as prone to use them in the same way that uh, that kids are. I mean, I just think about myself at 15 years old, how many hours I spent on my landline talking to my friends or talking to my girlfriend or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, in, and I'm sure that's the, the same for, for the people of the younger generation now. Absolutely. And do you know, in your settings in your phone, it will tell you that you're not supposed to have your phone against your body. Yes. Yes. So it actually tells you that if you go in your settings and then there's a legal, I think it's general about legal in the settings and it will tell you that you have to keep it at least like five eighths of an inch or depending on the phone. Um, and that's based on studies that they do. The cell phones are required to have a SAR value, which is a specific absorption rate. And, um, that value is based on what it takes to heat the tissue. And they believe that, or they say the only damage and all the regulations are based on a 20 year old study on, you know, how much uh, radiation is required to heat up your tissue, but it doesn't look at the effect of just the pulse electromagnetic radiation that we're getting. It's just looking, looking at heating tissue. Scott, yeah, but until- also looking at the, uh, looking at the, uh, the percentage of brain cancer throughout, it's like less than 1% of people get brain cancer. It's very odd. Yeah, I was uh, I was going to ask, you know, uh, can you quantify like, you know, what percentage of brain cancer you and your wife are, are seeing among this group? I mean, like, you know, how, how many cases of cancer? I mean, I know hospice is end of life care. My, my, my dad died from lung cancer, but... Um, it 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 is, but it's very. It, uh, there are very young people. Yeah. I mean, in their forty forties and fifties. Um, but when you look it up, actually online, yeah. it's less than one percent that actually die of brain cancer. And then there's a uptick when the five G and everything mm-hmm. else jabs everything rolling out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just... you always want to keep as much distance between yourself and your phone as possible. So you're better off texting than making a call. You're better off speaking with it on speakerphone than holding it up near your head. Um, and if you have to hold it up, like if you're in public and you need to make a call, even if you hold it an inch or two from your head, it's better than putting it right up against your head. You know, don't put it in your pocket. You know, there's a couple of studies. You might want to look up the NTP study, the National Tax Allot toxicological program study. Um, That was like a $30 million study, the biggest study that they showed, showed clear evidence of cancer. And then also there's one in Italy called the Ramazzini Institute study. And um, those are, those are really good, very, um, you know, just really good science behind them and a lot of uh, money and ethical scientists that did the work. Um, but yes, definitely the brain tumors, there's two specific types that are very common with cell phone linked to cell phone radiation. One is a glioma and the other is acoustic neuroma. The gliomas are generally malignant and very aggressive. The acoustic neuromas are a little bit, um, oh, I guess more likely to be cured. And then there's also parietal 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 gland, uh, salivary gland cancers that they have found links to cell phone usages. I I actually found that uh, NTP study and I'm passing it out into the chats so you guys can check it out. I mean, you know, and it's, 
I think it probably goes without saying it's not just brain cancers that um, that you have to worry about. I mean, the study says that many organ systems were involved, uh, not just that. Uh, and there's a number of different additional studies they point to <clears throat> with um, reproducible results. You know, uh, yeah. it's scary. It's scary to think about. Well, yeah. Scott, do you have anything further for Susan? I I don't. Um, that's all I had to say, really. All right, brother. It's kind of interesting to me that it is. That's kind of the yeah. two two fields my wife and I are in in, and it's wow. like I said, like you said, we're in very frequency rich environments, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, it's like people are popping off. Gosh. Well, keep keep an eye on it. I mean, I'd be interested to see if it becomes even more prevalent, you know, now as as these technologies continue to roll out and obviously as more time passes from when people started getting jabbed, you know. I mean, there's uh I don't know. I'm 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 hoping that we don't see a mass die-off, but I mean, it, I think deaths are up like 25%. CDC just said this. I mean, like 25% increase in mortality across the yeah. United States. So, yeah, all I right. think Indiana Life said that their all-cause mortality was up 40%. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Scott, thank you so much for calling yep. in your uh, perspective. And Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you too. All right. Merry thank Christmas, you, buddy. Thank you. Have a great night. <clears throat> all right. Next caller. Caller, go ahead and mute that stream. And can we get a name? Hey, brother, this is Colin. How you doing tonight? Hey, Colin, good to hear from you, friend. Yeah, uh, uh, I want to thank your guests for coming on because this is a subject that needs to be, you know, it's we're being bombarded in so many ways. And I think yes. that it's pretty smart for people to, uh, you know, be aware of what's going on at, at the very least. You mm-hmm. know? Thank you. Well, a yes. lot of times you can, you can, um, I know it sounds weird to a lot of people, but you can actually change your own frequency change the way things are through uh, the proper prayer. But I know that might be some people get all freaked out or upset about that, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, I used to have migraines all the time and I finally got tired of it. Um, I think when I was 30 something and I just asked God to take it away and boom, it's gone. So beautiful. Um, that's that aspect of life that a lot of people ignore. Um, what I also want to share, <clears throat> excuse me, was I don't know if you guys know who Mike Golden is, uh, a.k.a. Jack Bauer. He did the Jack Bauer show. Mm, not um, familiar. Rupert, Rupert, uh, just, huh? Oh, no, I'm no. not familiar with him. Uh, okay. <laughs> it does go back. He was one of the first. Uh, he, he he was basically uh, very similar to you, Jack, in, in many. Uh, I'm Sorry. Uh, Zach, in many ways, uh, cool. he would bring on, he would bring, he, but he would do, uh, he had, I think we had a show one time it was 36 hours long. Live. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. He just he knew people. And as I, you know, this is like doing a heavy duty research and you know what I've learned from it. So oh, yeah. as I was doing the research and getting the clues, he would bring all these other gurus on to challenge me. <laughs> and I was out in the yard doing stuff and talking and I wasn't even aware of what he was doing. Um, and he, he had, but he had some phenomenal guests and, um, after he went nationwide, you know, um, with the, you know, with the millions of people on it, um, 
it was shortly after that when I was talking to him on the phone and I knew something was wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I'm just feeling a little under the weather. And I said, no, 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 there's something, something's telling me there's something wrong. And I said, what's different in your life? He said, nothing. Well, we go back and forth, back and forth. Finally, I found out that they got a smart meter. Ooh. And uh, I told him, I said, either go out there and rip that thing off or get the hell away from it, but get, I begged him. I literally begged mm-hmm. him. I was in tears. I said, dude, get away from it. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'll get over it. Two days later, he was dead. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. <clears throat> if you, what you don't, what people don't know about smart meters, um, they're killing machines. For one thing, you know, I used to do uh, t- a missile system in the, in the, in the military mm-hmm. and the radar. And there's a thing, it's called painting a target. Okay. Yeah, and those uh, those meters effectively, if you remember all the houses that were burning in California, mm-hmm. even though they weren't built with actual heat flame, that's a whole nother scenario there that was not heat because because heat does not cause a brick and concrete to turn to dust. And while a plastic recycle uh, a bin is is twenty feet away and isn't even melted at all, or or even or the trees, pine trees, which light on fire easily. None of those are damaged. So is it, that was a totally different type of energy machine. I'd love to hear somebody who knows about that stuff uh, to put that out there. But what is interesting, somebody did it in the comments already, so kudos to them, where they mentioned that the only houses that were burned up were the ones that had the smart meters. Mm. I would also offer the opportunity to recognize that most of those houses were new houses, and they had metal studs. Now, those metal studs are a very, very thin layer of galvanization on them. And if you go back and look at all those pictures, you're going to see a picture where the roadway and you can see the galvanized, um, bare, uh, what do you call that, shield, you know, that corrugated, semi-corrugated shield that's held up with a heavy post to keep people, you know, running off the road or whatever. You can see it's glowing. It's glowing red or orange. And you can see the dust. There's a yellow dust if you've ever done any welding or cutting. Um, that when when you burn the um, that uh, the outside um, shield, it turns to a like a yellow whitish dust. Not dust. Um, it's like a cloud. It's almost like a um, like a web, uh, a spider web kind of thing. And you can see it all over the place. And so what I what I figured out, I think, I'm not sure, again, I'd love to have somebody who knows about this, is that they use the meters to target the beam. And what happened was, imagine that you, okay, you've got a toaster, everyone's got a toaster oven. Can you, you know, and the toaster oven has like two or three coils in it, you know, you stick your hand and it's going to hurt. Now think about this, you've got heater elements every 16 inches in every single wall in those houses. If you fire those things up, in other words, you cause them to, to, to glow red hot, anybody inside is going to be toast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so that's, that's one thing, you know, that that's really, really important. Um, for So I, I would let, you know, again, I would just, I would just say the smart meters are, are the only one who it's, who's smart is, is the ones who created it. They can control literally. I mean, we, we, back in the seventies for card out loud, um, before even computers even thought about, uh, we were able to use, we we called it an octopus. It was a tiny little thing. It wasn't even half the size of a cell phone. And we were able to, um, record what people were saying in other rooms simply by using 
the equipment that they already had in the room. So if you have technically, if you have any smart meter and you have any electricity, think about the cockroach things they always advertise, which never works, of course. You know, you plug it in and it puts out a frequency. Well, it's kind of like that if you want to think about it. With that smart meter, they can change the frequency. They can listen to everything that's going on because it's always going to be an uh, electromagnetic energy which blows through the wires throughout the whole house. Okay? So you're, you're technically speaking, you're already wired. Um, and if you have a smart meter, they can pick up on everything that goes on. Even sound waves are still putting out some kind of, that's why they use speakers as microphones. Da, 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 da. Anyway, I don't want to get all technical. Yeah. And you know, even but with I, the smart meters, they can determine your mood based on the, like your breathing patterns and everything from outside your house, from the smart meter pulsing. Bingo, bingo, yeah. bingo, bingo. And I am certain that they gave that man, um, you know, that they, that they started bombarding him. By, see, think about it. Think of if you pulse electricity in the house and you got wiring everywhere and you're pulsing it. Wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. It's just the right frequency to cause somebody to have a heart attack. Yep. Oh, and absolutely. I think that's exactly what they did. So, um, Do you I, remember I when pacemakers were... came out and microwaves were, I think it was like in the early 70s, um, mm. when microwave ovens came out and they said that you shouldn't stand anywhere near the microwave oven if you had a pacemaker? And now everyone's got a little microwave oven basically in their pocket, you know? So I think it's causing a lot of heart attacks too. I really do. Absolutely. And there's so many other control factors that people don't even know about. Um, And, you know, the trees in California, they found that a lot of the pine trees were pine trees were burning from the inside out. Did you see any of that where they were like glowing orange? I definitely saw that. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. There, there, yeah, there's energy waves. So I wanted to move into, well, as you know, my, 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 uh, modus operandi, I guess. And I would, <laughs> and I'm always looking for new ways to try and get it so that it'll click in people's brains so that they'll start putting it into action because we have the power. So what I'm going to do is this little sort of, can you imagine a world where governments and those in government actually acted on behalf of the people? What kind of world would that be? Um, because I know it sounds like it's imaginary, but all it requires, and that's why, uh, and I think I mentioned it last time, instead of CCT, which is continued competency training, uh, I've changed it because hopefully it'll catch on mandatory competency testing. That's exactly what it is. And if everyone in positions of public trust, for instance, look at the, you know, it's really hard to have a conversation with people and try to convince them that the FDA could be used and does, in fact, in many areas, do good things with the, you know, under what it's supposed to do. There's, for instance, that's why with the shot, I tell people it was approved for licensing, but it was never licensed. Therefore, everyone who gave the shot any, and anyone who authorized, did anything regarding that shot engaged in criminal acts because it's not licensed. They weren't licensed to give it. They weren't licensed to manufacture it. They weren't licensed to label it. None of those licenses were granted to it, but they, it was approved. It was approved for licensing. So when you go to the actual laws themselves, and this is, you know, this is obviously what I teach is people need to recognize. I mean, we're allergic to reading the laws. And the reason is because we're always getting burned by them. So psychologically, that's the last place we're going to look for a solution is in the laws that have been burning us. Instead of recognizing that it's those people in positions of public trust that have been misusing and abusing the laws to cause us harm. So 
imagine if you would that everybody in every position of government, public trust, was in fact knowledgeable on the laws and had a desire to do everything such as the research you've done and to find ways to ensure that no harm is done to the people. How much of a different world would that be? Because for every problem, there's at least five solutions. Mm -hmm. So it, and the people, all the people need to do in their local area is pass um, mandatory competency testing so that they're tested before they even get into that office. Because I don't know any, I don't know any lawyer, any attorney, I don't know any judge, I don't know any senator or congressman that knows the Constitution to which they've sworn an oath to. By the way, have you heard about the cases that are going, oh, you did the show, that's right, um, that are going to the Supreme Court already? Yes. So yes. I mean, these things are phenomenal. What that guy has done, uh, Zach, is so powerful because what he's saying is they have a duty and obligation. How many times you heard me quote it? Mm -hmm. The senators and representatives before mentioned, as well as the members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, shall, which means must, be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. You cannot support something if you don't know it. You can't support it if you don't understand it, and you can't support it if you don't believe in it. Yep. So all those people that don't believe in it, all those that don't know it, all those that are too lazy to learn it, out, 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 and replaced only with people who can pass the test and do it willing and you know do it because they, they have that desire. So can you imagine everybody in every place being replaced, you know, including, you know, the, it, it doesn't matter what party. You know, we've got these rhinos that are caught in sabotage and have been some all of those replaced with people who really do care, mm -hmm. really do know, and that their whole goal would be to secure the rights of the people. That's a quote and provide for their safety and happiness. Can you imagine what kind of world this would be? Oh, yeah. it'd be a totally different world. Completely it's in the hands of the people. All the people have to do is get together. They don't need to know the law themselves or anything yet. I mean, you'll learn it eventually by absorption because it'll be taught everywhere. But the, all you have to do is go down to your local legislatures and pass the, um, you know, the, uh, the the legislation that requires them to be tested before they can get into office. And I put in there, you can put whatever you want, every six months thereafter because, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I call it uh, 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 recalibrating, you know, in the military You'd always calibrate your oscilloscope before you went and used it to take a measurement. And so that's kind of what, what God showed me was that by making them take the test periodically, it recalibrates them, their, their way of thinking. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can see it. Anyway, Absolutely. that's my little ditty. And thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. And and, and I hope people can really um, get a hold of this and get this done. It's, it makes me tear up every day. I hear people dying from the from the shots. And all of this was unnecessary because – you know, this solution has been out here for, well, since the Constitution, um, you know, we've just never put it into positive law. And that's all we have to do. It's a very simple, um, you know, uh, uh, I call it a cure for, for uh, corruption, you know, cure for corruption. But anyway, it blessings is. and thank you so, so much for everything you guys do. Thank you, Colin. You know, you might also want to check out, there's a documentary, documentary that a friend of mine made, Josh Del Sol. And it's called Take Back Your Power. And it's all about the smart meters. And, you know, they talk about, you know, the fires and the, and the issues surrounding the smart meters. So you might want to check that out as well. All right. I'll check that out. That sounds wonderful. Um, and, oh, I wanted to make a quick 
uh, if it's all right, Zach, um, you know, I've been put, putting some videos out and it's called what's what and why. Okay. And you can, you, what's what and why, and you can find uh, it on YouTube, but uh, it doesn't have the complete one. And it has the, uh, the rumble link to it to see the full one. Okay. And ironically enough, uh, number four, I did about money and fraud closures and uh, unlawful tax sales and so on. And ironically enough, the signal came out so bad we couldn't actually get it up. So we're going to do another one. Okay. All right. Cool. No, I'll, che- <laughs> I'll check it out. I'll check it out, buddy. And uh, I've got something right, else buddy. I'm going to contact you about too. Okay. So keep an eye out. Absolutely. Okay. All right, brother. Thanks again. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, over on <clears throat> Rumble, Low Country Brooklyn says, Yvonda makes powerful organite tower busters, pyramids, and the like. Shungite for days. Check out the Red Pill collection here, and it is an Etsy listing. <clears throat> so I'm going – somebody, somebody – Lisa said that somebody found a way to add links. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we got uh, uh, an, an organite tower right there. Uh, somebody said we we can somehow make it so that we can add links into the Rumble chat. I don't know how to do it. I haven't been able to find out. If anybody has uh, more information, then by all means, please uh, let me know. Uh, also over on the Foxhole, Nakaz said, interesting. I'm an electrician, so grounding is right up my alley. Uh, and then WC Crankinop said, happy holidays, Zach and Lisa, my friends, 10-7. Much love to you. Thank you for being here. Let me ask you this. Uh, Nakaz, who is an, uh, an, and he's into electricity, does work with that. Um, he sent me a, uh, a, a system that allows for me to have uh, continuous power. So it's essentially like a battery bank and it converts the electricity in, and stores it in the batteries so that if my power goes down, I will continue to get electricity through there. And I guess I can keep streaming. Um, do you know of uh, uh, if there's any particular danger with having something like that around uh, or is it not something I should worry about? No, I would say you should. You shouldn't worry about that. I don't think there's any radio waves or anything coming off of it. It would okay. obviously have electric fields, magnetic fields coming off of it. So I would not put it close to you. Okay. Um, you know, put it as far away from where you spend the most time as you can. So okay. not near your office, not near your bedroom or your couch or whatever. So, okay. um, right. you know, find a, find, I think the place that you put it is the most important. Okay. All right. Um, we're about to close out the show. We've got uh, just about five minutes left. So uh, I guess it was there anything that we didn't hit on that you want to make sure the audience knows? And we do have one more caller, but I'll I'll get your thoughts on that as I bring them in. Okay. Um. Again, being outside, grounding, being outside early in the morning with skin exposed is very important. The first half hour of sunrise and even like the, the last half hour before sunset, really important for your mitochondria. And I found that that has more to do with helping your body heal than anything really. So okay. I would, I would recommend everyone get outside because being in nature and being uh, grounding and being in the, the natural frequencies of the earth are what your body thrives on. And we are so depleted of that in today's technological world that we're living in. Okay. All right. Uh, next caller, you're on the line. Can we get your name? Yeah, this is DJ. DJ. So good to hear from you, buddy. How you doing? Merry Christmas. All right. How are you? Merry Christmas to you, too. Excellent. Excellent. So what do you think? Uh, Obviously, as a New Yorker, you're probably bathed in EMF radiation uh, all the time. Can't get away from it. It, Pretty much. (laughs) 
surprise uh, surprise you without really like doxing myself because nobody knows what I look like. But um, <laughs> I live <laughs> I live in a pyramid. You live in a pyramid. I live in a pyramid in New York City. Oh, that's pretty cool. I don't know how you work that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I say pyramids have like free energy. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Flanagan, are you familiar with him? Not okay. not really. He's like he was like the first person I think to start use or uh, he is all about pyramids and he he was a scientist and I think that he was like the first person to start like meditating in pyramids and stuff and uh I don't know but uh, he uh he's definitely talked about uh the the healing power of pyramids and I don't know the mechanism by which it works but I've seen him talking about it. Well, well I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> But, um, yeah, uh, there is a lot of stuff going on with this 5G and, the, and you know, the magnetic pulse um, radiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't sleep with my phone next to me anymore. I sleep with my phone like across the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I try to speak on speakerphone as much as possible. I don't like to put the phone next to my head. Um, but there's also music. You know, a lot of people don't know that music sets off uh, vibrations that are not good for your body. What they raise um, the, the, I think it's the, the megahertz mm-hmm. frequency. Too yeah. High. So, the, so the megahertz, yeah. It's supposed to be, uh, I think it's uh, 432 hertz. The, yeah. Four, 400. And they changed yeah. it to 440 so the, or something like that. Yeah, I heard the Catholic Church actually changed it. Yeah. She said uh, uh, the Catholic Church changed it. Frequency, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. All roads lead to Rome. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and also there's a a lot of, you know, I was talking to somebody today about, like, suggestive program and predictive programming, and, you know, there's there's a lot of suggestive and predictive programming in music as well. Now, I'm not talking basically about the lyrics per se, but there's other, usually other lyrics hidden under the lyrics that you hear. And it's blended so well that you can't tell that they're, you know, I I can give you an example. Um, you You know who Salt and Pepper is? Do you remember that group? That sounds familiar. The two girls, the two girl rappers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Salt and Pepper, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so they brought out the the record Push It. Push it. Mm-hmm. He goes, ah, push it. Push it real good. Ah, push it. You, know, you remember this song? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, if you listen to, if you listen to it closely, this ain't pussy. Are they really? <laughs> yeah, they're saying pussy, but they oh. cover it up with the it because mm-hmm. <laughs> they say they they drag out the ch, I mean the sh in the in the word push, mm-hmm. and then they quickly put the it at the end, so you can't, and it's blended right on top of it, right, and the actual word seems a lot lower. You know, when you're you're a DJ and it's easy to find this stuff because you know you're basically listening to the same records over and over and over and over. Sure. So you hear like you start to hear everything in the record. 
But yeah, music is terrible for that. Even uh, actually, Michael Jackson um, said said something about that that they're brainwashing you, and they're controlling you with the music. And if you listen to a lot of Michael Jackson's music, often in Michael Jackson's music, he he mimics like certain instruments with his mouth, mm-hmm. like as as rhythms. He does it as rhythms. But if you listen to, if you try to like hone in on the sounds and listen to it, he's actually talking. It's it's pretty wild. Hmm. Crazy. Pretty wild. But I don't know a lot about um, this. What is it? Energy meter? Is that what you're talking about? EMF. Smart meter? Yes. Well, we're talking about smart meters, but uh, electromagnetic radiation. You guys, go ahead, you guys. Uh, Muffin's at my door. I got to open it up. Go get that muffin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have a dog next to me here that's been, I've been hand feeding her the whole time we've been on the call, trying to keep her quiet. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, so um, I don't, I don't believe I have a smart meter. I mean, I live in an apartment building. Here's how you can tell. Go out. I'm assuming your meter would be outside your electric meter, or maybe it's indoors in a basement or a closet or something. Most are outside, well, but if you look at it and it's got digital numbers on it, the numbers are changing, then it's a smart meter. If it has an analog dial that spins when you use electricity, then it's uh, not a smart meter, most likely. No, I don't think I have that. If, if, there, if there was that in this building, it would probably be in the basement. And I live on the ninth floor, so. Oh, okay. So maybe like in That's the basement, or there's like a. Oftentimes there's a utility closet where like the water shutoffs would be, um, mm-hmm. and oftentimes the meters are in there where they the the power well, company could get your meter readings. Yeah, the only thing I believe I have in uh, is a closet in my living room, but that houses uh, the modem for the cable, you know. Not the not the box, but the the router. That's that's it. That's the only thing I, I see. Because as you were talking, I was looking around. I was like, I wonder if I got one of these things in here. <laughs> but I, I don't think I do. Yeah, probably not. Right. In an well, apartment, everything's centralized. Uh, okay, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead, DJ. Yeah. Final thoughts. Well, uh, no, no. I, I actually, I, I just, I didn't know if you were going to do a show tomorrow, so I actually called you up. And right tell everybody in the Red Pill 78 family, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, my friend. I will not be doing a show tomorrow night. We're going to be taking the night off and just taking it easy. So uh, I, I wish everyone the very merriest Christmas, and I hope that uh, you have a wonderful day. Everybody have a blessed holiday. Merry I'm out. Merry Christmas. Thank All you. Right. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Peace, brother. All right. All right. And with that, we will conclude at the end of the program. Susan, I always like to ask my guest, what would you like the audience to take away from our conversation tonight? Okay. Well, first of all, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Eve officially. Merry Christmas to you, Zach, and to Lisa and to all your listeners. Um, I guess with respect to the topic, our exposure is cumulative. So every bit that you can reduce, even if it's just you know, turning off your Wi-Fi at night, you know, start there, at least reduce it a little bit, you know, it will help in some way. Um, We are in fifth generation warfare Mm -hmm. and it's almost as if the enemy has 
grabbed a grenade and pulled the pin and handed it to us. And we grabbed it and said, thank you so much. We're all excited and just put it in our pocket. So I think that um, we need to be careful. You know, we're being surveilled with our phones. We're being harmed by our phones and, um, you know, just be safe, be smart and think twice before you, um, you know, put it, put those type of things like real close to your body. Amen. All right. Uh, Well, thank you very, very much for being here with us tonight, Susan. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope that everybody learned something. And please tell everyone your website and where they can find you online. Okay. I have actually a support group on Telegram. Okay. Um, So I I think I sent you the link for that. It's actually in the description. Yes. Okay, perfect. So that's the uh, Permitted by Technology support group. So, you know, anyone can go there, ask questions. I post a lot of studies in there. Um, and just things that I find of interest related to EMFs and uh, electrosensitivity. And then the website for this book is tormentedbytechnology.com and uh, slash resources gives you links to like figure out how far away you might be from the nearest cell tower and, um, you know, some uh, where you can purchase devices and meters and that sort of thing. So um, there's some links for sites that are just packed with studies as well. So if anyone's interested in the science, they can find links there. All right. And that is also in the description. Uh, So so yeah. So with that, I want to say once again, thank you, Susan, for being here. Thank you to everybody for hanging out with us tonight. If you haven't yet, leave a plus sign on Rumble as you walk out the door, do a red pill over on the foxhole and uh, do me a favor and share the show. I will be back I guess after Christmas. So I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas. And uh, until next time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you guys. Merry Christmas.